0: Today's episode is brought to you by Musical Theatre Radio's merch store. Looking for that perfect gift for someone or just want to treat yourself to some great musical theatre themed merch? Head to MusicalTheaterRadio.com and click on the All Things Theatre button on the homepage. And check out all the different designs available. And now, today's interview. welcome back to another episode of be our guest here on musical theater radio i am your host as always jean paul Yovanoff. if you are in new york city november 9th 2023 head over to 54 below to catch james rich salutes nat king cole where he will recount his journey of researching writing and developing his new musical there was a boy which is all about the life of nat king cole so without further ado let's welcome back to the show james rich hello james (laughs)
1: Hello there. Yay! Hey, everybody. Anyway, I love
0: having <laughs> guests come back because we can catch up. It's been, I don't even know how
1: long it's been since we last talked. And been at least a couple of years, I think, yeah, at least since 2021 or something like that, maybe? Well, you were just about to go on tour. And yes. So that was,
0: yeah, whatever the heck that was. yeah. So, well, let's let's catch up for our guests. You know, I know you've introduced yourself the last time you're on, but let's get our 30 second bio again. So, James, who are you in 30 seconds?
1: And I'm going to try and I'm going to try and do better because I think last time I did like a five minute bio. (laughs) So who am I? Who is James Rich? Well, I was born in Alabama. I grew up in Connecticut. Um, I have now lived in New York for the majority of my life. Graduated from Syracuse University with a BFA in musical theater. Um, I consider myself a creative chameleon because I'm a singer, actor, playwright, costume designer I've done, even dabbled in little producing, small projects. Um, I've been very fortunate to uh, perform on Broadway, off-Broadway, lots of regional productions, dabbled in TV, film, even did a few commercials and soap operas, uh, love dogs. French fries are my go-to uh, comfort food. <laughs> I once ate an entire chocolate layer cake in one sitting. Probably not something I should be proud of or sharing, but it did happen. <laughs> and I am obsessed with Nat King Cole. That's it. <laughs> well,
0: that's a good thing that you're obsessed with Nat King Cole. If you weren't, yes.
1: that'd be weird for you to be right. The cake, not that. so much.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I want to go back to the French fries for a second. Okay. What type of fries are you, what is your favorite type of fry? What's your least type of fry? Cause I know what I have, but what's you,
1: do you, you know, um, I, um, I have a, an air fryer in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I don't really, I don't really like a lot of oil anymore. Yeah. So I do this thing where I'll slice up a good old russet potato, leave the skin on, uh, mm-hmm sprinkle a little table salt on table salt on it and uh, let it sit because the salt will draw the water out and yeah. you drain it. And I then sprinkle uh, or rather uh, brush a little olive oil on the on the potatoes, put them in the air fryer for about 15, 20 minutes. They are the best thing. I mean, it is like the best. Um, I probably eat too many of them. Um, and yeah, my, um, I got a little, uh, muffin top, uh, so, <laughs> so so we're going to pull back on that so that on November 9th, I'll look a little more svelte.
0: Nice. <laughs> are, are they thick? Or are they thin of cut fries? I or guess are, they're
1: kind of the, um, I guess reggae? they're kind of, kind of in between, you, you know, the ones, um, okay. They're, they're not like the, they're not the thick steak fries. I don't like those because no. what happens with those is, um, there's not enough crunch on the outside. I like them soft in the middle, but uh, I feel like with the steak fries, they get too soft. Okay. Um, And with the really thin, with the shoestrings, they're so skinny, uh, they get more crunch than soft. So like the ones that I guess, I don't know what you call the ones in the middle, but uh, that middle size, but those, yeah, those are the better ones.
0: Well, listeners, if you want more cooking tips, we can have James back on for ah. how to how to make fries and how to eat an entire cake in one sitting. There
1: you go. There you go. Yes. We'll,
0: we'll save that story for, <laughs> for the, the next time you're back. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so, la- you've got a concert coming up. Let's let's jump right in on November 9th at uh, yeah. 54 below. Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, why you're putting it on, uh, and a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I um well, I'm obsessed with all things Nat King Cole. I love um I love his songbook. i mean, you know it's basically the the American songbook. Um, but there's just something about the songs that he chose to perform that really resonates with who I am as a performer. I love uh, romantic love songs, and I think he was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, singer of love songs that's that there's ever been. And so my um, I've never really aimed to be a tribute artist who mimicked, um, you know, anybody's. I guess in my case, who mimicked Nat King Cole. I mean, you know, you can easily hop on YouTube um, and, you know, watch the real deal anytime. Uh, so for me, it's always been about paying homage to his music and his legacy in a more unique and original way. So for me, it's more about keeping his spirit alive in a fresh and contemporary light. So with that said, the concept of what I want to of what I will be presenting at 54 Below is um, I asked the question, what if Nat King Cole were still a top selling concert artist in today's world? You know, what would that music sound like, what would it look like? So I'll be doing probably about 10 songs from his catalog. And some of the songs will be done with a very uh, modern twist. There'll be a big departure from what people are used to, from from the way people are used to hearing them. But then some of the songs will transport you back to the way Nat originally performed them. And in the heart of the set, I'll be performing a suite of uh, musical numbers from There Was a Boy, um, which is a musical I wrote about his life. And uh, what I found out from uh, 54 Below about a week ago is that the show, the performance, will be live streamed. Nice. So um, you know, it'll be a one-shot deal. It's only going to be live streamed that night. Um, they, they're going to use seven professional cameras to capture me in HD. And um, I'm very excited about that opportunity to present my creative vision to a wider audience um, and to share my passion for Nat King Cole, but also to showcase my unique um, take on being in his shoes. So, yeah.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Um, So tell us, I think last time we were on, we talked about uh, There Was a Boy. Uh, Mm -hmm since then what's happened with the show you know to get to the point you are for the fit4 below event
1: well, um, we were able to capture a um a an archival a, a virtual archival recording We were in the middle of the pandemic so we, we couldn't be in the same room so um somehow or other I managed to get <laughs> about 20 creative people uh, looped into, a call to do uh, a basically a staged reading and i think the last time i was on your program we had actually finished we had actually captured all the content i had not seen anything and i was preparing to go to vancouver to do a holiday concert and after i got back from that tour i finally got to see the footage from the virtual capture and to see myself, which is something I had never really had a chance to do before because I was always wearing so many shoes as a producer, as the writer, as the lead actor, um, you know, as you know, the costume person or doing whatever needed to be done. I was doing all those things. Um, and when I watched it, you know, I guess we're all our own toughest critics. And um, I, I have been told by my friends. That I am super tough on myself, but you, you know, I I guess you know I know nothing is perfect, but I do have high expectations uh, when I do anything, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't hundred percent happy with what I saw, and it was no one else's fault. Um, yeah, you know, I just wasn't hundred percent happy with it. Um, so I brainstormed a way to enhance the content uh, to be able to share it with potential, you know, people that I wanted to support the project. And that process, I accidentally <laughs> dropped a light source on my new laptop computer. Jeez. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So I needed to have the screen replaced and the motherboard replaced. Holy crap. Um, it's an Apple, uh, and they don't always have those parts in, uh, in stock, so it took a lot longer than expected to get that repair done. So... Got that done. And uh, after that was all settled, I was uh, on a roll again. You know, uh, getting this project together, going to get it out to people. It's all excited about that. And then the external hard drive detached from my computer, hit the ground and became unreadable. The external hard drive contained the sole copy of the virtual reading content. So uh, (laughs) after a number of additional months, i've um i had to send it away to ohio they this company they took it and i guess they call it a clean room and they were able to to recover the data uh so i get it back and uh, i was very happy when i hit play and the the video started playing some of the videos so the raw data that was all salvaged but the final cut pro projects with all the edits none of that survived the recovery yeah so again yeah so that put oh, me geez. it put me in the plate in the position because i couldn't at that point i couldn't afford to pay another editor mm-hmm. so i've had to learn on my feet final cut pro and just all this stuff uh, so that put me in a position of having to put humpty dumpty back together again But I am someone, uh, one of those people, I have a really strong belief that everything happens exactly when and the way it's meant to happen. And I know that it's probably my stubborn, partly my stubborn Capricorn nature that makes me uh, square up with defeat. And I refuse to give in when it comes to things I deeply believe in, like there was a boy. And uh, all that to say that I genuinely and wholeheartedly think that this project um, is an important story for the world of musical theater. And it's something that I think the world truly needs to hear and experience. Uh, And that story, I think, is one of the I think it's one of the greatest stories that's never been told. There have been a lot of tribute shows, but no one has ever delved into telling his story. Um, I think that he holds a significant and enduring uh, place in pop culture and the music and the music history um, and his impact on the history of America is profound. I mean, he was he was a pioneer. He was a pioneer in bridging the gap between jazz, popular music, um, uh, uh, contributing to the, to the evolution of American music, and um, his unique blend of, uh, of jazz and pop and blues paved the way for so many artists, you know, so many future artists, and um, he was also one of the first African-American artists to achieve widespread success and recognition in mainstream music and during a time of segregation and racial discrimination and then he broke the freaking like he, he broke new ground by becoming the first african american to host a nationally televised tv like variety tv show in 1956 yeah. and uh you know there was no one else on tv that looked like him and you know this was a you know was a landmark moment in the history of american television and uh you know a really big like a really significant step toward racial integration in the entertainment industry and the list goes on but I'll stop with that um but yeah you know it's, you know so so that's where I've been and sort of what's been fueling my fire to really get this show up and why I want to do this um why I'm, part of why I'm doing the 54, 54 below performance I think it's a great way to uh, to uh, to sort of refresh people's memory of what I look and sound like uh, what it looks and sounds like when I take my version of the spirit of Nat Cole on stage. So, yeah.
0: Well you were generous enough to let me see uh what you created and we we were talking about it just before we, we went on but I did not know that you had to redo this whole thing yourself yeah, so yeah. double congratulations <laughs> on on getting that up and done um because um like we were talking offline it it looks good it gives you the nice flavor it, it's it's on zoom so it's it's you know it is what it is yeah. but it gives you a good flavor of what you're gonna see on stage and you can imagine what you're seeing so you know uh, i think you've got a great base there for for letting people know if you want to you know producers or whomever yeah yeah uh, to see that so it yeah it i appreciate that it's great i appreciate that yeah um,
1: and I, and you know and and I I had a, I, I was really fortunate. I had a really good team working with me. First off, the actors were so generous mm. with their times. Um, you know, we were all in different time zones, and so you know, sometimes it would be ten o'clock at night for me working, and that meant if someone was well, well, I guess it would be a little earlier for them. But sometimes you know, it could be inconvenient. You know, I, I had one actress who had a two-year-old kid. know so she was taking time out of of spending quality time with her kid and her husband to be with me you know you know to do this show with me had you know another lady in uh texas you know she had two kids you know that were you know i guess kind of preteens you know again she's taking time away from her family um you know and they were doing pretty big roles and then you know i had two two of my um closest and most respected uh friends long-term friends uh who i think are brilliant dwayne and Matt Falker, Dwayne. um, I've known Dwayne since easily the late 90s. Um, I did my first off-Broadway show um, at Playwrights Horizons, Hmm. and um, he was in the cast. And I just remember the day I walked in and saw him, he was one of the best actors I ever seen in my entire life. So it's no surprise to me that he decided to get involved in directing. And so he came on a couple of years, actually after you and I spoke the last time, Hmm. he has come on board since then as a director. And so that's been really cool. And then um, my friend Matt, Matt has actually been with me on the project for a little bit longer than Dwayne, although I've known Matt for fewer years than I've known Dwayne, but I've known Matt for almost two decades now. And um, Matt and I, we had the same college uh, uh, mentor at different universities. Mm. And uh, when I moved to California, Diana suggested that Matt and I meet each other and we immediately clicked. And so when I got the piece written and I had selected all the songs I wanted to use to tell the story, Diana and her husband suggested I talk to Matt and maybe have him, you know, come on as your ranger. And so he happily came on as your ranger and he did a killer job with the arrangements. So, um, you know, so so I had a really nice team supporting me along the way. You know, it, it, you know, it, ha- it hasn't been easy, but I knew that going in that it wasn't going to be easy. But I've just been very fortunate to have people that really care about me and the project. Um, so, yeah, it's been great.
0: I'm always curious. It, it not necessarily has anything to do with, you know, 54 below or the show, but someone like not, not King call incredible. just, just this incredible performer and person. I'm always curious if people that good would be able to translate to today, would their talent be so much that it would translate or is today just so different, you know, with our pop stars and our, because the whole definition of what a pop star is and because nobody, nobody, okay, not nobody, but so many people don't
1: play instruments anymore, right? Yep. They're they're performers yeah, rather than musicians
0: and yeah. artists. Like I'm always curious. What what would your opinion be?
1: You know, I think someone like him, I think he would still um still have some some appeal, but you know, I just I just think about um. You know when we watch people like the adels of the world mm-hmm. um you know and you know god rest her soul but you know the whitney houston's of the world you know they were all part of a very a very current uh uh pop music industry um but yet when you when they're on tv or when you, you know when when you when, when you when you knew that they were going to be performing somewhere you felt like it was a big event. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to see a real singer. Not that, you know, the other pop stars are not real singers, yeah. uh, but, you know, they don't need a bunch of dancers around them to do a concert, um, you know, it's a real concert. So I think that someone like like Nat Cole, um, I think he would have endured. Um, I think that just that because of the, the style of music he performed, that's something that as he matured, um, he just got better and better at performing it. Um, interestingly enough, I ended up, was this after or before? I don't know if it was after I talked with you or not, but I got invited to Nat's 100th induction into the Jazz Hall of Fame. And his brother at the time was alive, Freddie Cole, um, I got invited. And um, I just remember walking in. First off, I was so I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to meet Freddie Cole. And so I get in and... <laughs> And um, just beyond being starstruck, just sitting there in the audience and watching someone who, when he was younger, you know, he he did a set of all Nat's music. Watching him play that music, that was music from his youth, you know, his version of pop music. And watching him do that, I was like, oh, my God. I have never really experienced this music like this before. And it's a whole other thing when you're watching somebody who that music was was just part of the fabric of who they are as a person. And so watching this guy all these years later play play that music from, you know, from a time long ago and just watching how the audience and there were people in the room who were younger than I was, they were even jamming to it. But, um, you know, the cool thing with Freddie is, you know, he had all these younger musicians around him. So they were adding like all these cool kind of licks and hits and stuff, Mm -hmm. still being true to the, you know, to the to the style of music. But um, all that to say that I think that Nat would have found a way to change with the times and made his music more, uh, made his music resonate more with today. okay, not to name drop, but fresh out of college. I did go on tour with Harry Belafonte. as one of his uh, one of his backup singers. Yeah, I will tell you, the way we did the Banana Boat song, mm-hmm. very different from the way he did it in the fifties. It was nice. much more contemporary, and I mean, even then, that concert kicked. Yeah, I mean, you know, so I can only imagine that if Harry did that, Nat would have done the same thing with his music, and it would have totally, yeah, resonated with today's audience.
0: I think talent cream just rises to the top, right? Oh yeah. It, it doesn't matter where, and he would find his, he would find his niche. Oh, know, yeah. It might not be in the, in this, the pop world that, you know, we live in now, but you know, Boo, Michael Buble, he's carved out a nice niche for himself. Exactly. And it's not yes. So, so, every, he, I, I, I and maybe it's just me, but I'd seen that Cole going in that direction still huge, but just, you maybe not hear him on the radio all the time, but you know what? Yeah. We all know who he is because. Yeah. So awesome. yeah, yeah,
1: hundred percent, hundred percent, man.
0: So how do people? Well, before we get into the how, have you got anything else on the go? Any anything else that you want to talk I, about I,
1: I, you know, you know, I have been doing some things. Uh, um, I had taken some time away from performing to kind of well, well, what well, a I was so dedicated to get to writing this project and getting it up on his feet. But uh, last year, I started doing some stand-in work on TV film, which is not an area I had ever really pursued. I'd done some TV film stuff, but I'd never really pursued it full time. I had just I just felt more comfortable um, in live theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from doing the stand-in work, I had a chance to be up close and personal watching some of the best actors in the industry. I ended up being core on a TV show for the entire season. So I was literally watching award-winning actors every day on set. And just watching what they did, I'd come home and, you know, play around with what they did on, you know, set up my little camera. And so when the show wrapped, I started submitting myself uh, self-tapes. And um, I ended up booking, I'm sorry, I ended up shortlisted or being offered roles for five of the first 10 shows i auditioned for wow and uh you know some of them fell through because they were you know they were smaller projects but then one of them stuck and so i did a short film over the summer and then um a few weeks ago i submitted for another project you know did the whole self-tape thing and um within a couple weeks i got word that i will be the lead actor in an upcoming short film and so i'll be filming that at the end of november it's a piece called earnestly yours uh you know a young um a young playwright uh rather i'm sorry a young writer director producer type person and um it's a really fun script it's a romantic comedy so i'm looking forward to that and i recently had the honor of singing on a demo uh, based on eleanor of aquitaine um wonderful actress that some of you might know her name is Jane Atkinson her father she's a British actress and her father uh, uh, her father uh, had been I guess he'd been writing this piece for a while and um, she decided that she wanted to uh, for his I think it was his birthday uh, she wanted to surprise him with bringing a couple of the musical numbers to life and so I got hired to sing the role of King Henry (laughs) the second (laughs) So, uh, it was, a lot, it was a lot of fun. You know, so, so I've been, you know, getting my feet wet again, get, getting back into the industry in a more robust way. So that's been a lot of fun. Well,
0: congratulations on, on everything mm-hmm. you've got going and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have to listen for these demos and, yeah, yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So time, time for the self-promotion. How do people find out more about you, how to get tickets to the studio to, uh, fit for below, et cetera. We need all that information.
1: Yeah, they can go to the 54below.com website. Um, and when you get there, just um, you can either click on the calendar or type in my name and it'll take you right to the page. Uh, the, and that information is all there. There's also a link. Um, I also have links in my on my Instagram and Facebook pages. It's just my name, James Rich. So can't miss me. I guess, well, on Instagram, it's James Rich NYC. On Facebook, it's James Rich. I also have a, an event page on Facebook. And... Uh, if you're if you're extra curious you can go visit my website james-rich.com so all those places you can find the information yeah
0: awesome yeah people should definitely be checking that out and um check it out um there was a boy you know what to see what, what just give it a little flavor of, of what you've been working on because i i think it's a great project and, and what but what i've seen of it and heard of it you know i i, I think it's gonna go somewhere so all i, I, I am gonna follow along and see. And, and obviously help promote whenever I can, if, if wherever it goes in the future. So I do congratulations appreciate on everything. Thank you. That's awesome. All right. We were just speaking with James Rich. Uh, he'll be at 54 Below, November 9th, 2023, with James Rich Salutes, Not King Cole. So make sure to go check that out if you're in NYC in November of 2023. All right. Tune in next week as we'll speak with another guest or guests about the life, love, and passion that is musical theater. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.